Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. There's nothing quite like a good ghost story to get the blood pumping and raise the hair on the back of your neck. And if you become a Coast Insider, you'll never run out of campfire material again, from the infamous Amityville haunting and the spooky story of Robert the Haunted Doll to poltergeists and EVPs. Coast Insider ought to be called Ghost Insider since there are so many great ghost programs available to subscribers. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and become a Coast Insider today. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. Former professor of English composition, an artist, a writer, practicing witch, Harold Roth is among the foremost authorities on plants within the modern occult community. For the past 15 years... He has owned and operated Alchemy Works. That's an online store focused on herbal magic where he crafts and sells potions and magical oils and things like that. His book, The Witching Herbs, has been in the works for a decade, and it's out now. Harold, welcome to the program. I'm looking forward to this tonight. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. How did you become a witch? I became a witch by basically being interested in gardening and growing plants, and then I started looking at the folklore uh, behind them, and I found that a lot of them were used for witchcraft. I had been interested in the cult way before that, like when I was a teenager, yeah. or, you know, I read tarot cards and stuff, but I hadn't really done anything with it much, and this was, gosh, 20 years later or more that I started gardening, and I could just see that these things, these plants, were more than just a material object. So I started working with them. That's that's basically how I, I started. Did your parents kind of shy you away from this? Did they try to push you away from witchcraft when you were younger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mom, uh, I, I always read a lot, and I started bringing home books about palmistry and things like that when I was a young teenager, and... She told me not, you know, that it was just garbage. She didn't tell me it was going to go to hell or anything. She just said, uh, it's just garbage. But I didn't care. <laughs> well, and let's let everybody know that witchcraft doesn't mean you are evil, that you're a Satanist, that right. you're trying to do people in, right? Right. I mean, some people are trying to do people in. Oh, but yeah. Then, but um, people of, of all persuasions are trying to do people yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. So... When you got involved in this, did you do it on your own? Did you find covens? What did you do? I did do it on my own for, for quite a while, and then I opened my shop because I originally was just going to sell seeds because I always had too many, right? But right away, I started meeting other witches through the shop, and then it just expanded from there. It was really great. I, n I never joined a coven myself. I knew people, I know people who are, you know, active in their covens, but I never joined a coven or a group. I've just never been a group person, but that's just me. And we're going to get through these 13 essential plants that uh, you believe are for a magical garden. Now, how do we know they are? Did you pick them? Did somebody else pick them? Where'd they come historically from? historically been used in various types of witchcraft in different cultures, and basically that's why I chose them. They're, some of them are kind of standards, like mandrake and belladonna, henbane. You know, I think everybody has probably heard about witches using those, 
but the other ones are just more that historically they were commonly grown in anybody's herb garden, but which has already also had other uses for them. Do the, are they used in uh, in spells? Is primarily? Yeah, yeah, they're used in spells, different kinds. Like you, and you can make things from them that would be useful in spells or useful in some kind of pagan practice that helps you better unite with the natural world. Do you ingest these or do you just burn them? What do you do with them? Most people, most people probably wouldn't, well, they certainly wouldn't be ingesting belladonna. Um, <laughs> most people would. <laughs> Be using them to, say, be a part of a powder or an incense or put it in a charm bag or that the plant actually provides little things that you can, like henbane makes these nifty little cauldron-shaped pods that can be used like you can, when they dry, you can stuff them with incense and use them for specific spells. So... They could be some kind of material thing that the plant makes besides the way we typically think of an herb where you harvest the leaves and then use the leaves. Harold, didn't the Wizard of Oz kind of railroad people's thoughts about witches? I don't think so. You know, when I mean, the, the no. wicked witch, <laughs> with, uh, the, with a wicked witch and all that, that you don't oh, think... Oh, she is like a big mascot. With witches. Is she really? Oh, yeah. They it's, love it's her? funny. I mean, it's it's with a sense of humor. So, like, there are witches who deliberately wear striped socks, you know, or striped stockings. Remember, she had those red and white stockings. Oh, well, when her sister was hit by the house. Uh, but, so, yeah, it's kind of an affectionate mascot. That's what I've heard. Interesting tank there. Now, let, let's get into, there are, people would say, good witches and bad witches, right? Yes, and, and I think that's true to some extent. I mean, there are people who seem to really focus on negative things. They're, they're basically just negative people, from what I can tell. Um, and they're always, you know, taking offense and putting curses on people. But most witches that I have known are just like everybody else in in the sense that they they generally have a positive attitude and they want to do things to protect themselves, to grow abundance, to, you know, get blessings on whoever. And, and sometimes they might need to do a curse or get somebody out of their life. But that's pretty much it. They don't go around doing bad stuff. Well, and the person they want to get out of their life generally is uh, uh, a bothersome evil person. Is is he not or she not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like it could be somebody... I've heard about people doing uh, curse work on, say, for instance, someone in their community who'd committed rape or incest or was violent and they weren't able to get Help from the authorities, uh, or and, and they and they knew the person was stone cold uh, guilty, right? Yeah, yeah. This would be often either this had happened to them themselves or to a close friend or relative, 
And then basically most of the time what people do is a, what's called a binding spell. And it, and it keeps – the point of it is not to, you know, kill the person or anything like that. It's to keep them from doing anything. Right. Now, some so. people would say, hey, wait a minute. In our society, they're, uh, they're innocent until proven guilty. Um, how would you react to that? As a witch, and somebody asks you to put a spell on somebody that they're convinced did some harm to people, but they never got convicted. Well, personally, I... So in the eyes of the law, they're, they're, they're not guilty. Right. If it's, if, if it's me personally, I look at it like uh, a dangerous dog, you know, a dangerous dog doesn't have to bite you for you to put up a fence or to avoid them or whatever. Right. But the other thing is when somebody has come to me and said, this person did this and such and all these things, then usually what I do is tell them how to do spell work because you never really know if what they're saying is the whole story. So, I mean, I know plenty of people who do spell work for hire, and they have to make their own judgment call on whether the person, not so much telling the truth, but how much of the story is missing, and that you have to put that in yourself and, and kind of read between the lines with what the person is saying, so you have the full picture. But generally, if somebody comes to a witch and asks for help, they're not doing it just to get in somebody's face. Right. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.